so funny. Live from the Financial Thing Studios, it's the Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Financial Thing Investing Essentials Podcast. I'm your ever-lovable host, as always, Lawrence Samuels. At least I hope I'm ever-lovable. Sometimes people say otherwise about me. But uh, this podcast is designed to give you the up-to-date information on the world of crowdfunding, peer-to-peer lending, and DIY investing. Today, I have another special guest for you, which I'm very excited about, as always. I have David Bradley Ward from AbleRate, which is a company that I've been keeping a real eye on for the last, uh, I would say, a couple of years. They have a very interesting niche in the peer-to-peer lending sector, and I wanted to give David a chance to come on and tell you what he's doing and what what able rate is all about so thanks for joining us today david how are you today i'm all good yes very good to be here thanks a lot and you said you're based in uh henley on thames is that correct henley on thames yes on a just on the eighth tee of a golf course so uh it's it's, it's very nice not that i get to see much of it but uh but yes, it's a, it's a lovely part of the world. And we we share a little bit of a northern connection, me being a Grimsby boy, and you are, you said, from Whitby. When did you move away from Whitby? Oh, I joined the Royal Air Force when I was 17, so it's been a long time. But Grimsby's, you're still a southerner being in Grimsby, though. <laughs> I take it you've been to Skegness before, correct? I have been to Skegness, yes. Okay. That, that, that's my uh, claim to fame is having grown up during in the summer times my dad had a retail shop in Skegness so <laughs> we used to spend the summers there and it was always a, a joke you know to people in Grimsby about Skeggy. Well, I think if it, I think you're not a true northerner unless you've holidayed in Skegness. Uh, they used, do you remember the mods and the rockers? I do indeed oh, yes. That, yes. That brings you back a little bit. Absolutely. Well, David, again, thanks for uh, taking the time. I know you're a busy person, so we're going to get into uh, what AbleRate is doing. When when did you establish AbleRate? Uh, we launched in 2014. We started the um, design of the platform in uh, just at the beginning of 2014. It was really uh, about uh, we were we were in the aircraft financing market at the time, and we were purchasing an aircraft from one airline and leasing it out to another. And we had a, a MES investor, a direct investor right in the middle of the transaction who actually pulled out. And so, um, you know, you can't turn around to an airline and say, I'm terribly sorry, I'm not delivering your aircraft. So we, we begged the bank to become involved uh, further and they became equity investors rather than debt investors. So when we took the transaction apart, we realized that that direct investor, the MES investor could have got a very, very good return. And so, we went to a few of the original platforms and said, this is what we do. And, uh, you know, would you like to get involved? And they said, no chance, never. <laughs> you know, it's far too complicated. No, if you want property or unsecured loans or your invoice is discounting, then we're your guys. But other than that, no. So we thought, well, if no one's going to do it, we might as well do it ourselves. So we designed the platform at the beginning of 2014, launched the first one in um uh, in June of that year, and then redesigned it and launched another one in 2015, uh, which is the current platform. So that's 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 how it all started. And when when we, you know, once you've figured out how to do a uh, something as complex as an aircraft transaction in the P2P space, then it's a hop, skip, and a jump to being able to do other assets, which is obviously what we do at, at, at this present time. The thing, David, that I love about peer-to-peer lending is how every company has a different niche of a very unique niche and you've really taken it to a to a different level being within the aircraft space has it been difficult to find uh 
um, enough of the aircraft loans to keep the lenders happy? You know, the the, the it, it's the the question is the other way around. Really, um, is the problem is finding aircraft loans of a size that fits P2P. Um, you know, I could originate 500 million a year if I had 500 million a year coming on the platform um, because they tend to be larger size. And so as we grow and as we expand into other jurisdictions, then we'll be able to take on larger transactions. Um, but recently we've just done one uh, for a Falcon 50 business jet, which was one of the ones that was on the platform recently, which was a bite size, £350,000. That was uh, an aircraft finance for dismantling. So that sort of area is one of the things that we're we're moving into now, where we can have more bite-sized chunks of five hundred thousand to a million each each deal, um, and we think there'll be more of those coming to the platform soon. Yeah, it seems to be with the increased competition now. There's there's new peer-to-peer lending companies popping up every week, so. Um, I hear the same thing from all the people that are running these companies is getting enough money from investors is always the biggest challenge because it is still relatively a new space. Well, I think it's, there's a balance. There's a balance. And, and, you know, you can make the mistake of going out there and having a land grab of lenders and then not having enough origination. Or you can go out there and having a land grab of origination and not, and not having, <laughs> having enough people to invest in it. And that has been the eternal problem. It's one of the things that's, you know, criticisms, if you like, that's been leveled at us is that we're a professional firm. People love us, but why don't we have a hundred million pound book? And I think that's because we've we've wanted to grow slowly and correctly. And, you know, we wanted to understand how the regulation was going to affect the industry, how how things were, what models were acceptable, what models were not going to be acceptable. Um, and now that we've got full authorization, I think we understand the direction that we're going into. So we're able to scale now. So as much as we've, you know, uh, uh, grown slower than perhaps we should have done uh, from a book perspective, um, I think we're in a much better place than if we'd have gone out and just, you know, thrown everything at it and raised a bazillion pounds and and hopefully gone into profit. I, I think the market has changed now. Yeah, it, it certainly has. And David, do you personally invest in peer-to-peer lending yourself? And if so, do you use any other companies outside of Ableright to do that? I, I have some funds in other peer-to-peer lenders, but but nothing from not not as part of a strategy, if you like. It was in the early days to see how some operated and what they did, and uh, what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, you know, if, if I'm the most I have in any P2P is in Ableright. Well, that, that would make sense. That tends to be the same answer from uh, every company CEO is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I invest yeah. in my own company, but yeah. do, uh, do a little spying on what the other people are up to, which that's uh, pretty normal. Um, I get this question all the time. I have to ask you from readers, um, a lot of readers in the U.S., Able Ray open to U.S. investors or not? You know what, and I'm sure you've got it, the same answer from others that you've spoken to, is that, uh, I mean, we have a lot of... Uh, uh, overseas investors, but it's mainly Europe and uh, Australia, oddly enough. Um, uh, but there are, but it, having US investors is problematic mm-hmm. um, from the regulatory standpoint of the US. So, so we don't uh, we don't accept US investors presently. Although we are in discussions actually with a with a, a partner to launch in the US, um, but uh, you know that is that's with the lawyers and you're sure. discussing the, any different complications in the US, but. I don't think we would accept 
US investors in the UK. It's just too complex. Yeah, absolutely. Totally understand. Um, David, can you explain just briefly a little bit how you select the loan opportunities that you offer through the platform? Uh, well, the origination is organic or it's through introducers. Um, our selection criteria is really based around two things. That's security and return for lenders. Um, our transactions tend to be the ones that are perhaps um, uh, a bank or a traditional funder might actually see as more complex. Um, so, for, you know, or outside this sort of tick box mentality, you know, the computer says no kind of mentality. I have an appointment to see the cardiologist. Computer says no. <laughs> Apparently you're already dead. Ah, little Britain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, so if we can drill down and see the sense in a transaction for the borrower, first of all, um, and then we can uh, find a return for the lender and for ourselves, uh, and then tie down adequate security around the whole transaction, then that's something we'll put forward. But we have to be able to tell the story um, to to our lenders. And we, we I think we have some very good presentation packs. We we have it like a mini prospectus, if you like, for each transaction. Um, and, and the story has to be there because if it's complex, you have to be able to get that across to your community for them to be able to understand exactly what it's all about. And of course, we even when you do that we get plenty of free advice from our lenders which is always welcome you know on on, on transactions and so uh, you know it, it's it's that sort of stuff it is is uh is really where where we're at is something that's a little out of the ordinary it's nice that you accept feedback too um i think it's very helpful for to, to get the lenders input and sometimes they do have a lot of experience having done it for a little while one of the the things that i always talk about is how uh, lenders can have a really tight focus on the interest rates that they're going to receive from a product rather than looking at the company itself, uh, looking at the director and staff experience of the people running the companies. Um, you know, if the company goes out of business, then really what good is a return anyways? It's possible that you might never see your money come back. I think that's a big problem at the moment with people focusing so much on the lender return rates what are your thoughts on that i think uh, the you know experience of course is, is very important but there were plenty of experienced people running the banks in 2007 and 2008 mm -hmm. um so so it, it's it's not the be all and end all i think ultimately the product has to be right and and what you're presenting to investors needs to be correct um I think the great thing about P2P, in my experience, is the relationship between the lenders and the managers of the platform. And this is in my experience. Um, you know, I, I speak to at least one customer a day. Um, and I think if you're not uh, open to communicating with lenders, um, I think you lose perspective and you run the danger of just becoming another faceless finance company um, where the focus actually is on the loan and the product offering only. I think it's a there is a, uh, the, you know, there's a sort of symbiosis, I think, between your lenders in this market between your lenders and the platform managers because you can put together a presentation like i said earlier and then you get plenty of free advice for stuff you've done wrong or stuff they would have preferred to have have had explained better or whatever so you're you're always learning and if you don't uh, you know if you're not giving feedback on if you're not learning from that feedback 
and speaking to your investors, then I think you do you do have an issue. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a two way street. I think yes, the loan product. You know, people have got to understand the risk in the products. They've got to understand that it is a good product, um, and they've got to trust that the people that are managing the platforms, uh, you know, have sufficient experience or or expertise to be able to put those products together. As far as default handling goes, um, I think that's where a company really shines is when things don't go well and they have to to call in a defaulted loan. Um, Some platforms handle it very differently. Uh, You've experienced, I know, a default with a container company. Is that still ongoing, correct? Has that been difficult? learning how to handle that default process yeah you know what it, it's a it, it is a going through the court system is very frustrating um you know it, it is a it is a it's a little bit of a different situation that one and it is currently in legal so i can't go into too much detail but but the but the uh, our attitude to that is is um you know we'll follow it all the way through i know that, that some lenders have complained on other platforms where it's almost a you know, okay, well, they've gone out of business. That's, you know, we'll just have to deal with that. Uh, we've pursued that particular lender um, to our own financial expense, and we will continue to pursue him until until the until the thing gets sorted, because we believe there's, you know, certain things that haven't been done correctly there. Um, but I think, it, you know, I think I think it's a responsibility of the platforms to 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 have a robust default procedure. But you know, that is. That is also a, uh, a function of having a robust due diligence procedure in the first place and having robust security behind it, robust documentation. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that we've learned from that particular experience was that, uh, um, you know, we can layer security uh, further on each transaction. You know, we, we will keep going until we get as much security as we possibly can. I always find it a little bit fascinating with the way that the, the default process works. And um, it all, almost scares me a little bit when a company hasn't had any defaults because I really want to see how they're able to handle that situation when it occurs. So I, I almost like to see a default and, and see how a company handles that. It just gives a little bit more comfort. And I think, you know, that's a... That is a uh, it's a sensible way of going about things. Uh, you know, the 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 I think there's a lot of things with P2P platforms that need testing because it's so young. So we won't know for for some time as to as to whose procedures are best and who aren't. You know, yeah. whether the FCA have got it right or wrong on the way that they regulate it. Um, only time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully you won't, won't experience too many defaults. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Um, I took a lot, David, on the website about uh, company failure being, I believe, one of the, the biggest risks that lenders face. If the company fails, very difficult to know what happens from there, even though trusts are in place. And they also talk about, you know, a company needing to become profitable at some point. Is is Able Rate actually a profitable company at the moment? And if not, when would they become? Well, you have cumulative losses, as any company would that's three years old or four years old, whatever we are at the moment. Um, although it's minute in comparison to to some other platforms, um, but I think this year we'll make a profit. We have a very solid recurring revenue revenue stream, uh, and we have fabulous shareholder support if it's required. But we haven't, you know, we we haven't uh, uh, needed uh, too much outside support um, over the period, and we we've concentrated really on keeping uh, keeping overheads down. And we have a small team. Um, 
you know, we 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 made the decision not to have any sort of major expansion until after authorization, which we achieved in, at the end of March. Um, and uh, uh, so now we're able to push it forward. But in the meantime, we've built up a very, very healthy recurring revenue and we've switched our model away from uh, a reliance on upfront fees to or, or arrangement fees to, uh, you know, trailing fees, uh, which has pr pr proved very successful for us. Okay, so you, you're saying that you expect you'll become profitable actually in 2017? Yeah, we, our financial year is uh, August to May. So Sorry, is uh, um, August to September. So so um, September to August, should I say. Um, so I, uh, our, we're just about to publish our last year's account. So next year will be, I would suspect that we'll be, barring anything disastrous, that we'll be a profitable company. Great, and maybe you'll be able to hit the golf course then. <laughs> I doubt. I doubt it. Don't say that because the other directors will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned the shareholder um, cushioning if you needed it. Is AbleRate venture capital funded, or is it sort of a private investor affair? No, no. We we were uh, owner funded initially. Um, that was myself and my business partner, who sadly died uh, uh, a couple of years ago. Tony. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. No, he was a you know a legend in the aircraft financing marketing uh, market and uh, so his son is in his place at the moment mark in singapore um so we we put the money in initially then we raised a small amount of seis funding and then a small eis funding about 300 grand all, all told mm -hmm. uh, and we have some small subordinated loans but the rest of it has essentially been raised through income and through through the fees that we earn David, where do you see the lender interest rates going over the next 12 months? They've been fluctuating a lot with different companies, um, some dropping their rates, others kind of holding steady. How do you see able rate lender rates uh, for the next 12 months? You know, I think as many platforms look to scale in their particular area, um, we're seeing a little bit of a race to the bottom because borrowers are not idiots. You know, they they know that they can play off from one P2P to another P2P, if if those two platforms operate in a similar niche, um, you know, take property for example, you, you know that I imagine that if I was a borrower, I'd be speaking to three or four platforms to see who could do the best rate for me, mm -hmm. um, if I had a you know a, a potential transaction to do. So, um, so there is there seems to be a little bit of a race to the bottom. I've noticed a few platforms or you know lenders complaining about rates reducing. I think if you're asking me about industry-wide rates, I think, yes, they'll go down. Um, the trend is down, at least. Um, but if you're asking me about able rate, I think we'll still be able to maintain above average industry, uh, above industry average return because of the fact that we have essentially niche products. The, the, the challenge is to scale, those, scale that niche. Um, uh, but uh, and, and we'll probably add products that may compete with other platforms in that respect. But, you know, I think it's our job to... To maintain good returns for for um, for lenders and a and a fair uh, fair rate for borrowers. Peer to peer company is really two different facets, David. You've got the tech side and you've got the finance side. I'm sure the tech side is not easy to deal with. Has this been a large um, challenge and financial expense for Able Rate, the tech side of things? Initially, initially, yes. I mean, uh, we took the decision to. To build a totally bespoke platform, um, rather than have any kind of white label or any pre-built uh, 
platform and so we and we've actually launched two platforms one was launched in uh, it was the first platform that was launched in june 14 um which was on the php uh um coding and then we decided that if we were to scale uh, and we were to provide more analytical tools which is some of the things that we want to be able to do uh, then we had to be on on uh, .NET where you can just plug in uh, uh, parts of the uh, uh, architecture of the site. So it was it was an expense, and we we we, we spent quite a lot of money on that. Um, uh, but now it's it's all calmed down. We have an in-house team, which is no strain on finances, and uh, you know we we add to the platform. We're adding stuff all the time as as we get lender feedback. As uh, you know, we have a big long list of things that we we want to bring as new products um, but you're always you, you know you're always having some sort of interaction with the technology one of my criticisms of able rate has always been at secondary market i find it very <laughs> very difficult um i mean it's very simple when you actually look at it but it appears from the outset as, as a rather difficult secondary market what was your reasoning for doing your secondary market like that well, that's a, a great question because, you know, I think we shouldn't call it a secondary market. I think we should call it the Marmite market because you either love it or you do hate it. It's, it is that polarized. Yeah. Um, but in, in all seriousness, the logic behind it was that we we felt that um, well, if you think about the history of secondary markets, they were actually brought about when the FCA basically said, well, if when when the FCA take over in the. Uh, April uh, 14. Uh, if you don't have a secondary market, you have to have a 14-day cooling-off period. Well, that would have pretty much uh, stepped on most people's business model, yep. and so people threw a secondary market in, and it, it became an afterthought. And when we were looking at it, we, you know, a lot of us come from a finance background, so we were looking at it and saying, well, if we if we can actually create a real market, uh, an actual proper two-way market with bids and offers then we can increase the liquidity in the space. And if we can increase the liquidity, then individual lenders don't need to be afraid of being in loans beyond a time period. So if, if, you, if you're coming into a four-year loan, but you, your goal for your funding is a two-year period or a one-year period, if there's enough liquidity within a secondary market that you can get out over that period, then we should be able to attract the funds uh, to come into the market because there's liquidity there. And I think you know on a on the basis of our book uh, you know we've traded five and a half million of in the secondary market which is a a pretty liquid market it's probably quarter of a million to three hundred thousand a month and based on our book that is that is quite decent mm -hmm. i think if you were if you were looking to get out at par in the marketplace even in decent size um you know you'll you, you'll be able to do it fairly quickly i mean there's no guarantee that that liquidity is going to stay there but but um uh, you know, it, it's proved to be, I think, very helpful for for lenders. But like you say, there are some people who just find it ridiculously complicated. Um, but if you actually drill down, one one of the things that we are doing is, you know, we're changing some of the uh, financial history stuff so that it it makes it just a little bit easier for everybody to understand. Um, you know, there'll be uh, um, extra information that will be added to the secondary market because. One of the criticisms, and it is fair criticism, is that if you know a lot of the information that is there is based on uh, information when the deal first went live. Yeah. Um, and although we update the administration section so you can see it, I think there needs to be more uh, information. And so we're looking to 
bring a technology solution into that where there can be real-time credit scoring, et cetera, et cetera, which will make the pricing uh, correct. But on the basis of uh, of the analysis of the secondary market, our average uh, premium on the secondary market is is 1%, you mm-hmm. know, so people will be selling for 101% and the average discount is 99.5%. So the, pr- the spreads are pretty tight and I think... Uh, um, you know, I think it's it's producing a very a very very liquid marketplace for us. Well, thank you for the explanation. Maybe our my criticism level has gone down by one <laughs> one half of a percent. Uh, well, I can keep going for the extra half a percent. David, I think I I know what the answer to this is because you've already mentioned it. But the single biggest challenge that a bull rate faces at the moment is what? Uh, it is the uh, it is the. Um, the origination versus lender funds you know it always it always will be it's a it is a um it's always a balancing act i think we've had a lot of practice now and we feel we're able to scale things so i think it, that is that is a challenge and there's plenty of challenges you know there's technology challenges there's you know you have to keep up with uh with um what lenders want and what borrowers want and what the marketplace wants i mean you're always i think looking over your shoulder for new technologies um that you're able to uh to integrate so you it's there's a balancing act but i think if it was if there was one challenge it's balancing origination versus lender funds and and keeping your rates at a at a at a at a good level for both this just popped into my head but you had mentioned before that you have uh access to a lot of loan possibilities but having the correct amount of lender funds can be challenging have you ever considered say holding a lender account that paid a small amount of interest so you had sort of a cushion of people's funds so you really could get a good idea of how much how exactly much money was available in lender funds to be able to proceed forward yeah you know what uh we know that there's obviously other other platforms out there that have similar things to that um the uh it, it worries me slightly uh that it starts to look like a savings product or an instant access account or something like that and i i think you know that if you call something you know the, the very nature of p2p has to be that someone is buying and someone is selling alone you can't park money anywhere so whatever anybody says it's not being parked somewhere it is being put into a loan and then bought back and uh, and that's where the liquidity comes from and so uh there there is uh, you know um I think something like that is a difficult thing for us at the moment, sure. but purely purely because of of regulations and the and the perspective. But I, but but you know, it it the essence of what you're saying is uh, is something that we are working on. You know, that may not require uh, funds on account to be deposited in any way, shape, or form, but have you know, like for example, the pledge mechanism that we have. We're looking at various different ways of making that pledge mechanism work a little better, mm-hmm. um, which would give us uh, a lot better idea. Uh, and and then there are you know products like the uh, innovative finance ISA and all the other stuff that, uh, that 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 we'll be able to do as well. So you know, so it's it, there's all sorts of different different areas of it. Yeah, I think the company that can solve the balancing issue between having enough lender funds and having enough origination is going to be the clear leader of peer-to-peer lending but it's going to be a very very difficult problem to, to uh, well i think it one of the things that we are waiting for of course is the is the major platforms to be regulated um because then we'll know what uh what 
is uh, what is acceptable, if you like, and, and what isn't, um, and how things should be structured and how they are. Ours is a fairly simple uh, model. It's you know, you we put up loans, you choose whether you want to invest or not. That's it. Um, but if if uh, once those major pl- platforms have been given the FCA stamp, I think we'll know which models are acceptable, and, and platforms will inevitably create me too products. Um, mm-hmm that flatten the risk profile um, and flatten the, 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 the balance between origination and lender funds. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, it's a, it's a difficult thing to say, okay, well, I'm going to have this instant access account or I'm going to have everybody's fund spread over you know, every single loan on the platform because we don't know whether the FCA find those major models acceptable just yet. Uh, I'm sure they will, and I'm sure there'll be some tweaks and, and what have you. But until that happens, then I... I think it'd be foolhardy to start creating products that look like theirs. Yeah, yeah, that's very smart. Um, I was talking to my sister a couple of weeks ago about peer-to-peer lending, and she's very green. She doesn't know much about it. And she said, no, I don't think it's ever something I would really consider. So obviously peer-to-peer to the average person on the street is still seen as a relatively risky venture that most people don't want to dip their toe into. What do you think is going to take um, what do you think it's going to take for peer-to-peer to be seen as a viable form of consumer investing across average people's thoughts? It's a it's a very good question. I, I think time will be the factor. Time time will be the the major factor. Um, you know, the, w- w- everything will be will be sorted out over time. You know, the the various different middle business models which we've talked about just now will be shaken out by the FCA. Um, we'll have had an opportunity to see. Um, you know, I think it was Warren Buffett who said that uh, it's only when the tide goes out that you find who's swimming naked, right? <laughs> so, so uh, you know, it, 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 and time will be the tide in this case, in the, that we'll see wh- whose books perform and whose books don't perform, which uh, methods of lending work, which methods of lending don't. Um, and I uh, and I think then then it will become you know more acceptable. And I think it will be when people like financial advisors start looking at the at the uh, at the space, um, and we're already seeing, uh, you know, with the innovative finance ISA, the SIPs that have been around, there are various different products being created around it. So, so I, I think it, it will be, but but it, it's it's it is a time factor, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think there are lots of innovations to be, to be uh, seen in this particular marketplace, and I don't think it is for everybody. I, I really don't. I think it's, it's like the stock market. If you don't know anything about the stock market, you've got no business investing there. So it's a similar thing, I think. And I don't, I don't think that um, the, the pure P2P or, you know, online lending is is for everybody. Right? You know, there's always going to be an element of, you know, risk averse or, um, you know, that's why funds exist. You know, otherwise everybody would be investing directly in the stock market. Um, so so I think it's a similar thing with P2P. I think you have to understand the risks. You have to educate yourself um, and uh, and and decide whether it is is for you. Yeah, and I I love David that you talk about the fact of knowing what you're investing in. Um, I I write about that on the website a lot in respect to people who use financial advisors. I'm not a fan of financial advisors. They they probably don't like me at all. But um, the reason why you know I'm not a fan is because I ask people, do you know what you're invested in? And a lot of the times they say no. I have no idea. The financial advisor takes care of that. And I think that's a huge mistake. I think that people should know what they're invested in 
And uh, I think that's important with peer-to-peer lending that you know exactly what you're getting into. Well, I do think there is a there has been a uh, a sea change in investing after the sort of 2007-2008 situation. Um, in that people are now realizing that perhaps some of the experts they thought were experts weren't necessarily experts mm-hmm. and um and, and you know they they uh, could get just as good a return if not better by doing it themselves and and that's coincided with the tools to do it you know the robo advisors the peer to peer lending you know the online banks uh, and that will only the technology to be able to manage your own portfolio and cut out the middleman um will will just get uh, will just will just become more uh, prolific i think and and you know the the whole point one of the things that i'm not keen on in the p2p market is the offshoots of uh p2p is you know this this i don't want to particularly point out the aggregators but i think it's a very difficult thing to start layering on top of p2p you know fund managers and advisors and all this sort of stuff when the whole idea was uh, of p2p was to disintermediate right yeah and was for to, for to have that direct relationship so i think um if you're layering on top of p2p then unless you're adding value at some stage um you know with analysis tools perhaps or or, or that kind of stuff um then i think it's just the same thing that we had with fund management is that you know we'll it's the emperor's clothes. You've got some guy who who has a great CV and super experience, um, and says I can invest your money better than you can, and for that I'll charge you a two percent fee a year. And I think that perhaps isn't isn't it, it's going to be for some people who who are you know perhaps time poor, uh, and and they can't be bothered to to uh, get involved directly. And that's fantastic, and I've got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But I think the essence of peer-to-peer is more direct, um, where they get more directly involved with the platforms, directly involved with the loans. You know, these are all supposed to be bilateral loans, where it's a direct loan between you and the borrower. The platforms are really the facilitators. So I think I think that is, uh, um, you know, that that's where where it's going. Is it's I'm hoping that the industry will just create more and more tools. Where individuals can deal with things themselves, yeah. rather than have to layer five investors, five advisors on top, or we're all getting a cut. Excellent, excellent advice. It's something that I'm very, very uh, passionate about. Is uh, you know how expensive a just even a half percent a management fee can be on a portfolio over the period of 20, 30, 40 years, and people don't realize just how devastating those fees can really add up to be. So. Um, I like the fact that you talk about that. You you scored some extra points in my book, David. <laughs> well, speaking about that, um, this is where I'm going to ask you to step onto the objective horse. Be very unbiased. We're talking about risk. It's something that's always prevalent in peer to peer. On a scale of one to ten, one being the least risky, ten being the most risky. Where do you place able rate in general within the peer to peer sector on the risk scale? I think you know I I'm a Yorkshireman, so you know you know from personal experience that we, you know we 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 like what we say and we say what we like, um, but I, I'm going to have to be a bit fluffy on this. I think it's so that the alternative finance sector is so uh, broad these days that 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 only time will tell. You know, I, ask me in five years' time, and we'll know whose book was solid and whose wasn't. Um, 
and so to 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 you know to look at the at the at the sector as a whole and say where do you think we fall you know i personally think our loans are on a risk adjusted return basis are straight ahead of a lot of other platforms but but you know you could have another ceo tomorrow saying that david bradley ward just talks nonsense because i oh, our loans are the greatest ones in the world. And so I think I think it's very difficult in all seriousness to be able to say, well, this is where we sit, um, because, uh, you know, the, there is I don't know how comp other companies have their structures. I don't know what their procedures are. Um, I think, you know, as f from our perspective, we aim to be uh, very well secured, good transactions. Um, but the score is one out of ten. I think would be would be a tough call for me. Put it this way: I don't think I don't think we're a one. Right, <laughs> right. That, that's about what I'll concede. Okay. Well, thank you for not answering a one. I appreciate that because <laughs> uh, that would be the natural tendency to say, "Oh, yeah, we're very very low risk." But um, we'll we'll put a TBD on there to be determined. Absolutely. How yes. things go. I'll, I'll see you in I'll see you in five years' time. Yeah, we'll we'll speak again about that. David, you have an imaginary best friend. Okay, his name is Tom. Tom wants to get into peer-to-peer -peer lending. He, he doesn't know much about it. He knows a little bit about what he's read. And he's got a liquid net worth. Uh, and he comes to you, David, as somebody who runs a peer-to-peer -peer company and says, what do you think is a, a normal amount of money that I should consider of my liquid net worth investing in peer-to-peer -peer lending? What, would you, what advice would you give your imaginary friend Tom about that? It's a good question, but you know, I, I I'm not a financial advisor. I you know I I think um, you know, there are you know everybody's circumstances are different. Um, I would say this, however, that that anybody contemplating any investment should look at how it fits in with their financial goals, their risk appetite, their experience, and their knowledge. And I think if you if you take that as a watchword, right, online lending is just another tool at your disposal. Um, but like everything else, you've got to you've got to educate yourself on the risks. They're, 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 you know, it's not a savings product. I hate it when I see it being being uh, advertised or, you know, not necessarily advertised these days. But, you know, where the underlying uh, thrust of it that this is, you know, this is better than your savings thing, you know, without without explaining that it is the risks. And, um, and we are heavy on explaining the risks within our uh within our platform and so, so i think if tom came to me i'd say you know what uh tom you got to make your own mind up um um but uh, you know if you feel uncomfortable go and see somebody who's who's able to give you the advice on yeah. this it, it, within your particular circumstances yeah. if some guy came to me and was a billionaire and said i have a hundred million to invest dave what how much do you think i should put into able right i've said well you know all hundred million of it that'll be fantastic um <laughs> But if if it's someone with limited means, perhaps, and who was older and has less time to to uh, to recoup any losses, then that'll be completely different advice. But mm -hmm. but you know that's not for me to decide. That's for um, uh, for people to educate themselves on and speak to their own. Yeah, Tom, Tom can go see his financial advisor, and his financial advisor will likely say to him, "You're crazy for ever considering peer-to-peer -peer lending. So you should put exactly zero percent of your." funds into that most well, I think probable. I think you I think you're probably right yeah. and 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 in, uh, I think part of our responsibility is to help educate um, 
potential lenders um, to the risks, to the benefits, um, to the procedures. We have an extensive frequently asked questions section. We're adding to it all the time. Um, uh, and, you know, we, we, you know, I think I think that is part of our responsibility is educating people. And of course, you know, platforms like yourself are, are great. It's, it's, it's a it's a way for people to begin to educate themselves on on um, uh, on the marketplace. Uh, otherwise, you know, they end up, like you say, being fodder for advisors and fund managers and all the usual stuff that has been going on for a long time. Yeah, and then they can pick from the, the over 29,000 unit trusts that uh, exist today in the United Kingdom. <laughs> and then the fund of funds that probably invest across those unit trusts and then the fund of fund of funds. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly yeah. the way it works. If Able Rate for some reason were to go out of business, can you give me a quick rundown of how that would affect the lenders' loans and how that would be handled? You know, that's a great question, and uh, and it's something I don't think people ask often enough. Um, in in the 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 requirement from the FCA is to have what they what they deem a living will, um, which means that you must have an arrangement with another firm for them to essentially manage your book, which is uh, which is collecting uh interest and then distributing it to uh to lenders so uh we uh, have an arrangement with a large accountancy firm um that would run off our book um but where the uh, the crux of it is is how is that going to be paid for and a lot of firms are essentially run along the lines of uh, having upfront arrangement fees and of course, if, you, if, you, if your business is run from upfront up arrangement fees, then you have a, an issue that the only way that uh, that, an, uh, that somebody who is going to be running your book off is going to be paid is from the interest. So that would affect lenders. So we've we've switched our model to essentially a recurring revenue. So so um, as long as the book is there, there will be a a, a fee, uh, if you like, uh, that is available for those you know instead of being spent on everyday uh, expenses of the firm as it is now uh, it'll be available for um for the liquidator to be able to to run the book down so you know we we wouldn't know until the, until the situation arises how much everything would cost but we think the book is robust enough and has enough uh, uh, residual revenue for it to be um uh, to be run off successfully without any cost to the to the lenders but you know, you, you can't guarantee that yeah. until something happens but but it's certainly a, a better model than if all the fees have been paid up front and now the liquidator is being paid out of the interest and capital that's been repaid mm -hmm. back yeah great okay well thank you for explaining that it's something i really need to ask uh, every company so i'm glad that you got to tell me about that Okay, um, we're going to wrap up here, David. I wanted to kind of ask you about any future able rate plans, innovation, loan products that lenders might be interested to hear about or anything else that you'd want to share with the people listening today. Uh, we're, we're obviously discussing the um, Innovative Finance ISA. Um, uh, we hope to have something on that fairly shortly for, for, for those that are interested. Um, we're very excited to launch... Uh, in Australia in the next couple of months um, our partners over there that we've licensed the technology and the um, uh, and the brand and all that sort of stuff um, have now got their full license out there so we're very excited about that um, and we're also looking at uh, Singapore 
So, so we've it's a it's an exciting year for us. I think for our our community, um, it is the fact that we we're, we're we're going to have more and more origination this year, and we've grown eight hundred percent in the last uh, eight months, nine months, um, and I think you know we'll we'll be able to top that again this year. Okay. That is a very exciting plans to hear. I did not know you were planning on launching in Australia, so good luck with that. Just to make sure that everybody watches this, goes to www.ablerate.com and uh, opens an account. And I, I would uh, be more than happy to, to do it. We've done, actually, I'll send it over to you. We've done a, a uh, P2P lending guide um, that we've put together that we're just about to launch. Um, and so, obviously, I'll, I'll send that over to you and perhaps you can make that available too to anybody who's who's watched this and, and, and is interested yeah okay great and if anybody has a hundred million that they need to place with able rate they will david will be happy to accept your hundred million uh, right i'll deal with that personally <laughs> uh, again david thank you so much for joining me today i really enjoyed the conversation and um, i look forward to able rate prospering and and really taking your business to the next level i think it's innovative what you're doing i love the aircraft loans um so Keep, go, keep doing what you're doing, and really good luck to you. And I hope we'll get to sit down in the future and speak again about future updates. I appreciate it. Thanks very much for your time. All right. Thanks, David. You've been listening to the Financial Thing Peer-to-Peer Lending Essentials Podcast. Don't forget to visit financialthing.com for all the latest peer-to-peer lending reviews and DIY investing articles. 